0: Yo, yeah, what's up, Wam Meeks?
1: What up, Drew? This we is the Neil this podcast.
0: We are in a happy Neil Riggers New Year. Happy um, happy Neil Riggers
1: to all Neil Riggers.
0: Happy happy Neil Riggers recording in your bathtub. Old school. Hip hop mixtape style. You
1: know what yeah, I mean?
0: Um, shout out to the dugout. That's where that's where we learn that type of Oh,
1: dogs. dogs that's where I need I to learn how to do something
0: <laughs> um you know there this Neil riggers episode is actually gonna be sponsored by uh, a lot of other Neil riggers subjects that we brought up on other episodes because right, we have a couple uh, we have a couple recurring featured characters from earlier episodes.
1: Like Azalea Banks, this is is like Azalea Banks's TV shows, all of them.
0: (laughs) Azalea Banks TV show on um, Nick Jr. is the first is the first up, and then um, Louis C.K.'s Ayanla Van Zant episode. He's another one. Yeah, the
1: episode. Michael Che's new Netflix comedy special, where Drew pees on his leg.
0: <laughs> oh man! Uh, Aziz Ansari's um, general reputation is uh, Aziz
1: Ansari. Aziz Ansari says sorry while wearing a sari.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Let's just. Let's just make it. Let's just overlay with racism. Um, anything we want to say about, people. And, and that's a good kickoff. That's a good kickoff too, because okay, so he, Aziz. We're gonna just talk about comedians this whole show. I'm gonna because we talk a lot about. Uh, we've talked about the comedians who we'll talk about today, and uh, we've also talked about. Cancel culture and call out culture, um, and you know being careful and understanding when people are offended and understanding degrees of offense, right? Like it's not always um, the, the, no, the crimes aren't the same in all cases, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but let's start with disease because that's kind of a little like like a little uh, appetizer. It's like a little sexual yeah. harassment appetizer. Oh. Yeah, but that one's really
1: weird. It's real sticky. Yeah. It seems like like kind of innocuous until you actually start dealing with it, and it's like,
0: eh, I don't
1: know, I'd rather not.
0: <laughs> and, um, you know what I found uh, particularly uh, sticky, Jasmine Rice, about this one is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jesus. I know. Just <laughs> unnecessary now. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's in Jasmine Rice.
1: With racism. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's in, in Jasmine Rice. He's in Asari. Yes, yeah. he's Indian. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Thank you. He probably smells <laughs> like curry, yes.
0: Fucking, fucking terrible. And that, here's the reason why that's fucking terrible, is because that's part, that's part of what we're talking about today. So, Aziz, um, who actually saw and met once in the in the east or the West Village when I was working down there, and um, he had a white girl on his arm, you know, um, and mm-hmm. she was cute too. Uh, and I, I believe as he, he's known, he, yeah, as he's known to do, he dabbles. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he's he was he was really gracious. I, I I was like, hey man, I like your comedy. Um, thank you. And I, that's what that's what I do when I see celebrities or people who do significant things for me that I enjoy. I'm not like going to run up to you and be like, hey, make a selfie and all that dumb shit, but I will let you know, like, hey, what you do, I enjoy it and thank you. Um, So that's not, it doesn't have to be. I wish I was
1: a selfie person, though.
0: I, you know, I wish I was but I also am like, that's fucking weird. Like, I would not want someone to do that. Exactly. So... I feel
1: I feel the same way, but when I look at people's selfie with selfies with famous people, I think, wow, that's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, that's my instinct. My instinct, like I saw on my timeline just yesterday, um, someone who I don't even know very well, he's got a selfie with Charles Barkley, and Charles Barkley looks genuinely happy, and I think when you're in a certain stage of celebrity, that's probably like a really nice feeling. Where it's like, oh, like you yeah. care, even though I'm like fat and I don't play basketball anymore. You know, like it's it's mm-hmm. still cool when you're at that phase. But I think Aziz, but he's still, he's relatively famous right is. now
1: too. Or he, it's waning, it's waning again. But he had a hot, he had a hot, hot yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he had a Mahat. We're talking about uh, Aziz. <laughs> figure as many ways to God. be racist in this
0: segment. He's Mahatma. He's in a it's sticky situation, so it's sticky rice. Like that's it's not rice. even his. That's curry. not even his. The whole thing culture. smells like curry. His sticky rice is not even his Asian culture. It's like my nigga, that's Thai. Like, what are you talking about? You're in a fucking different part of the Asian continent. At least be accurate with your racism. Um.
1: Nah. <laughs> racism don't really be caring like that. You don't understand racism. <laughs> that's that would be too respectful, G.
0: Um. So I ran into him and, and, you know, I didn't want to make him super uncomfortable. So I was like, hey, I thank you for your work. Your work is great. Um, And I kept him moving. Now, the reason why I brought up the fact that he had a white girl on his arm is because when that piece about him, uh, you know, making a a date uncomfortable came out on uh, a site as a a site for feminist young women called Babe.net. And it's not... Exactly like the New York Times of editorial sites, you know, like they were definitely um, It was like from a first-person point of view um, And and also let's like add that the New York Times really ain't shit right now just generally But um, it wasn't it wasn't vetted Mm -hmm. as like a journalistic document You know what I'm saying like it definitely had a lot of Mm -hmm. uh, language and things that were uh, unverified within it that made it Um, much Mm -hmm. more of like a first-person account, like a first-person essay. I don't think that um, undermined its overall credibility as an account, but I think it made it something different than if you were reporting with a byline and have researchers and other people who are working on a piece, because that's what happens in in a lot of these Mm -hmm. cases, right? Um, But it's also not a case, because it, it was mainly someone saying, you you made me uncomfortable in a way that men can make women uncomfortable and it was worth saying um and and her her Mm -hmm. account was worth saying but um i think there's this dynamic where he's a brown man and it's a white woman and her believability is already in society at a high level you know what i'm saying and so her believability about discomfort because that's what she was talking about she was expressing discomfort on a date she 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 made clear that he never that they didn't do anything that she um, explicitly refused to do they didn't do anything like mm-hmm. in the physical realm in 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 like the sort of verbal and suggestive and request realm there were things she was uncomfortable with but he never crossed over and did something she refused um and that, the reason why that yeah. is important to bring up here, um, especially in terms of the believability of white women, is that that will be treated like he did do something outside like of the suggestive realm, like he did do something that was um, in the physical realm that she did not want, because the account and the hysteria that we apply to the, the report of white women has historically been just so blown up in America, right? So mm-hmm. Aziz, he caught he caught it. Like he caught he had to really take that L because his modern love book or Modern Romance, I can't remember what exactly it was called, and his Netflix series was kind of based on like being a nice guy, and not not doing those things. Um, and it made him <laughs> uh really have to hold himself to account for things that he had expressly said that he was anti um and now what Mm -hmm. i'm hearing or at least what i read in in several articles about his stand-up comeback is that he's he's off that he thinks everybody's in the woke olympics and he thinks that's dumb and like like he has he has a whole bit about the woke olympics and how no one can win and, and how it's like, it's made things not fun, right? Um Yeah. Oh, a yeah, just... successful person. It's not e- it's not easy for you to yeah, continue and, and to be
1: successful. It's not
0: easy for you to do things that are like blurry, rapey. You know, like, he, I'm, it's like, yo, you want it to be that powerful. Like, that's actually what you're saying. It's like, I want it to be that powerful That's something that was like blurry, rapey, like maybe you let me, and it's like nah, dog. Like I don't. Right. You're 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 saying that you are anti-something. You know what I mean? Like it's like if you were like a vegan comedian. Like if that was your circuit, and then it was like yo, you're on Instagram with like a fucking whole rack of ribs. Like yo, I couldn't resist. Like Austin, Texas, the, the best spot <laughs> in America. With, with the fucking. You know what I mean with the rib sauce all over your face? They're like, wait, but all your vegan fans is about to be like, yo, my you like, you know, that's that's somebody just murdered, right? Like,
1: um. Okay, so you go for you go for metaphor in the year already. Day two, you go for metaphor in the year.
0: Okay. Um. But yeah, he got what caught with with the barbecue sauce, bro. <laughs>
1: Oh god.
0: Oh god. Oh god. Oh god. So, is out. Yeah, but, then, but then, here's the thing like, the jokes, at least the ones that I read, and you know, it, a written joke from a set. Based on what a reporter recorded and then wrote down, it's different than seeing it live. I understand that, but the written joke and the joke itself didn't seem to be as strong as some of the premises he's laid out before. And that that segues me into our next our next person, who is Louis C.K. And I don't know if you've been on social media in the last couple of days, but Uh, No, a a little bit, but not really. He came out the gate, my guy, with, like, the straight-up racist jokes. Like, he came out with straight-up fucking racist jokes in his sort of experimental, working new material phase. So, the particular joke I'm going to focus on, because he made a couple of jokes that were, I would say, beyond the pale, but not racist. Um, they're kind of like you know old man shaking his fist at young people jokes, but the one joke that he said mm-hmm. that I'm gonna I'm gonna try to like represent it in the way that it, it was written down and that he delivered it because there's some leaked video from from that set and uh, I love it how like celebrities are getting like leaked like they're trying to like work sets and like do shit behind the scenes and it's like. Niggas is WikiLeaks right now. Like everybody's phone is espionage.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I will yeah, say that. Like, I'm gonna interrupt one second. It as an aspiring comedian because I I don't even call if you don't do it every if you don't do it every week and you don't do it a few times I don't call that being a comedian. That I'm in the same way Aziz comes up doing. You know, essentially, uh, he'll do a weaker premise joke because it absolves him of some amount yes. of guilt that he's feeling. Um, you know, because I'm particular to the plight, the struggle of a comedian, that it's like, dude, our whole being a comedian is about failing very publicly, being willing to fail. At, like as openly as you possibly can, in hope of figuring it out or letting it go. I know something up here I do might not be funny. I know what I'm saying might be wrong. It's not a. It's like sometimes you're saying like there were jokes that certain people I didn't like her as much then, but I still get it. Like Sarah Silverman used to do all these jokes that were totally nonsensical. Except for being offensive Either racially or Sexually or anything like that But the whole point of that joke Was yeah but it's Funny anyway I'm not saying this Because I think it I'm saying it Because it's funny and I'll say Something that I don't even believe yeah. If I think it's funny There are people right. who do that That's a part of how they do comedy So it's, this is a, it's, I don't like that situation fundamentally which is pretty obvious by how all of a sudden now i'm wrapped so the joke that that louis ck made because it's
0: important to note that you're right comedy is irony right it's saying something that is um mismatched or saying something where the meaning is the opposite of the words and that is just fundamentally what comedy is louis ck's joke was that um uh I think it was Asian men. That there are no Asian men. They're all women. They all have just big clits, and they put they put big clits into each other's pussies, and that's how they have sex. And they reproduce via math. So, Ooh,
1: goddamn, goddamn! Okay, so, okay, um, <laughs> okay.
0: All right, so, so what, what's happening here? Right, is that the, okay. the shock of even saying that? I think can make people laugh. I agree that the shock of saying something like that can make people laugh. Um, but what I don't quite understand in terms of movie ck and like where he is because I, I don't expect him to change his philosophy on comedy because he jerked off in front of some some women and that was wrong like i don't i don't expect him to change his philosophy on comedy but to me this seems like a pretty big turn like it, it would be one thing to say for instance like yo men are actual monsters I don't know how women live with us because we' we're, we're monsters it's like hulking walking around you're breathing might murder you like there is there is a kind of truthfulness to that joke that he was playing on in talking about that issue right and in terms of like talking about mm-hmm. Asian men in that way it was like, what he wants to do, it seems, is is abandon any kind of link to the truth, or or stretch stretch as much as he can, a, a, a stereotype, in order to find an, a, that same extreme effect. And like, I'm not an Asian man, right? Like black men, we have the opposite stereotype, and that that stereotype can be used against us as well, right? Um. But I, what, I, what I'm not understanding in terms of Louis using the joke is like the fact that he would rather offend all of Asian men than come up with any joke that plays on um, a stereotype that's maybe more u- unique or maybe less, less heralded or less talked about, right? Like, the way he's talked about white men are stereotypes that you don't often hear white men talk about. And that's part of what made his shit kind of like, oh, shit, like, it's enlightening that there are white men who are actually going to talk about this shit. Whereas the tropes that he's playing on for this Asian men joke, those are, to me, very, like, well-worn stereotypes. Like, those have existed for many, many years and are... Like, like I said, they're just stereotypes, right? Like, no, there's nothing new or sort of um, innovative about that. And he was doing innovative stuff, in in my view. He was doing innovative stuff before. Um, and his other joke was mm-hmm. um, about the Parkland shooting victims. And he was like... Yeah, go,
1: ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we go that, like, let's, let's keep them so... The things that stick out about this joke to me are the fact yeah, that absolutely. because I laughed, right? I, I obviously it's think funny it's funny. Like a part of me thinks it's funny. What's not what? funny to me is Louis C.K. doing that joke one at this point in at one at this point in his career because it's like. That's a joke. If he was a young comedian, if I was at an open mic and some young comedi- some young white comedian did that joke, I'm giving him credit. Like, that's funny. You're an asshole, but that's funny. And I get that you need to show people that you're funny. So even if it makes you a dick in this situation, you go, yeah, but I got to do this one. So one on that account. And then two when you add the fact that we still don't know how to feel about you yet, and you feel comfortable enough to test this as the material you would possibly give us. One, the immediate crowd, but even a bigger crowd is like, yo, dude pump you need you need to pump drinks or You need is a different, but that's where I take umbrage. I'm like, bro, do some, give me some funny about what's going on internal with you right now. That's what I'm com- that's what I would be comfortable with listening from you. All the, this external shit, okay. So now, as an analysis of the joke, why it's still funny to me fundamentally is because it's the fact that your imagination can even do what he's saying. That's what's funny, right? Because you, for the same reason of stereotypes, you couldn't do that same joke with black people. It doesn't make sense. Your imagination can't see that. It can't see black men's dicks as big clits, and they're just going and put, it's like, no, you're, it, that just looks like sex to you. Whereas, because of the stereotype in our mind about Asian men, we can see what he's saying, and that alone is ridiculous. And then adding on to the end of that, that they reproduce by math. It is. It's it a is. joke about Asian stereotypes. The joke is let me just throw all of that into one. It's like putting the jokes into a pressure cooker, it's putting those stereotypes into one. Pressure cooker and making the biggest—it's like a, a bomb, uh, you know—a pressure cooker bomb. And you know, okay, that's cool, that's funny. It's but that—that's funny in the same kind of fucking way and reckless way that putting an M80 and a mailbox is funny. It's funny to you when you're a reckless ass kid, but that don't do that kind of shit. Yeah, and, and again, and in that same thing, vein, I, hey Lou, don't I do that kind of shit, bro.
0: more toward this is not funny in context. Mainly because, um, because okay, I do think, and we're, we're getting into joke structures here, and this is the type of shit we do because we make jokes, right? But I do think the reproduced by math part is actually really funny. Um, I think that's really, really, really funny. Um, but I also think like, the amount of harmful stereotypes visited on... People of color by white people is so large. It's such a large force. At, like so that my preference is not to keep piling on that already large pile, right? And and it's and the fact that if I were an yeah. Asian man, um, and, you know, I were in that crowd, I would feel like, oh, okay, this is oh, it's at my expense, and I'm 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 that's part, part of why I didn't really ever get down with that phase of Sarah, Sarah Silverman because I was like okay I understand the absurdity of racism and making that into the joke I do understand that fundamentally but this this completely makes the joke at the expense of the people with less power and less say just generally in these kinds of jokes and what mm-hmm. might be here Right, who might and be? I think it, um, who
1: might be a paying The subversion customer. of
0: Louis C.K. in his other comedy, and a, a lot of his other recent comedy too, that was successful, is that shame you're talking about? And he has a lot of shame right now. Like he just straight up does. Like the shit that he was doing was was fucked up, and he already had a, a ton of shame comedy that we talked about in the other the other episode. Where he's talking about like his penis being ugly and like him being like just a big sack of fucking flesh pale irish looking my shit might look like a cat penis but for humans like he would make those kinds of jokes with the the grotesque reference being toward himself right and that's just i'm in a space where i enjoy that i like mm-hmm. the good self-deprecating joke i also like when a guy who is nominally in power can make a self-deprecating joke like that, and you see it, it's still visual. You know what I mean? Um, and I think what he decided to do instead of that was he was gonna, he's going to point outward now. Like now that it's re- like a lot of the focus is exactly on that behavior that he joked about, um, and then got you know got aired that maybe this wasn't this behavior wasn't a joke. Maybe he has some psychosis and pathos around this issue and that's when he decided to point the joke outward and that's kinda what I I don't get down with. Um that's that's just that's just my, my and I, I recognize it as a personal preference. I, I recognize it as a personal preference and in the okay. case of the person we're talking about too.
1: Um shit I forgot. Anyway Okay, so from my perspective, what's what sucks is that when you when you refer to the fact that he has a, a base of of self-reflection, self-analysis, and being confessional about his shame and guilt, when you consider that's a part of his brand, and then we had something a situation that. Is outside of his control. That refers to that same kind of world. His inner, you know, the 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 fucked up places. He is. He's good at bringing light to the fucked up places. The like he does that the best to me, because it's not just I show you everything in the darkness. That's not funny. It's about setting the right spotlight on something that usually hides in the dark. Um, so granted, that, you know, that's there's a whole bunch of staging you get to do when you're doing that. But the fact that in this situation, when his brand is can handle being extremely and uncomfortably honest, that his focus is go instead of move, it's like, you know, it's like a if you're looking at a continuum, right? Or you know how people with astrology they can also see it as like a life? Uh so you know, Aries is is a baby and Pisces is right before you die and you're old, right? So it's like he's at, you know, Libra or something, where you're going towards adulthood and you're you're coming out of youth. And this is a real hard push into adulthood or the, the aging process. Because for me that's the aging process is a process of dying, and that's a process of surrender. So surrendering to us, really seeing you, would be a mature reaction. And instead, he's trying to revert. You know, he's moving like no, I'll be juvenile and I'll distract you, and hopefully we'll get. But the, and now, as I say that, I also what I said at the beginning, referring back to how I don't like us. Invading that space. I don't know that's one moment and because it's the gotcha moment and it's sound It's a good sound soundbite. I don't know what the breath of what he wants to is trying is I just know that of that. That's a thing. I wish he wasn't trying right But I don't know that he's not gonna do some expository shit. That is still usual. I don't know. I you know I I maintained Hope
0: yeah, I think I think that's possible. I think that right. with him that's more possible than with most. And that and it doesn't help
1: you it doesn't help that process when we gotcha people.
0: Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Um and then okay, so that brings me into what I think was almost like the setup for this incident being more magnified and that is a clip from i guess six years ago six and a half years ago um came out of jerry seinfeld ricky gervais chris rock right chris rock and louis ck they're in a room they're talking about comedy right and um chris rock in one of the offhand moments and, and and anyone who doesn't have background on this Chris Rock and Louis C.K. are are our comedy partners and collaborators, and they are as close as we might imagine brothers would be. They have been working together for a very long time. Louis C.K. worked on and wrote on Chris Rock's first show on HBO, his sketch and variety show. Um, They've written feature films together, um, including that one where Chris Rock is the black president, um, including I, with, I, think I think I Love My Wife, that one, I think they wrote that together as well. Um, so they have a long history. He directed Puddy Right, Right, and so they have a long history of writing comedy together. And this is, I think this context is important, um, especially as we start to dig into why people get upset about certain things and why this kind of like cancel culture, um, is just a is, is not a part of the relationship that Louis C.K. has to Chris Rock. So anyway, in the clip, uh, Chris Rock says, "Man, you're like the most sweariness, drinkingness, inappropriate um, guy I know." T- says this toward Louis C.K. and he's like, "He's like, are you saying I'm a nigger?" He's like, "Are you saying I'm the most like niggerish guy you know?" And Chris kind of like, mm-hmm. it seems like for a moment he's even taken aback, but only for like a second. And he's like, "Yeah, um, you are." And he doesn't he doesn't pause he doesn't pause at the word nigger. Yeah. Um, Jerry Seinfeld does. Right. Jerry Seinfeld definitely does, and you can see him um, you can see him doing his kind of like I'm putting my hands up, I don't see color, like that kind of thing. But it's not even just I don't see color, kind of like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm uncomfortable here. Like, this is not my territory, and I don't want to go here. Um, and Ricky Gervais, in his reaction, is kind of like uh, laughing really hard, and uh, in the the second analysis or second wave of them joking around with each other, um, Louis C.K. points to Seinfeld and like, hey I, I know you don't you don't go into this kind of material in your comedy like you're like and, and Jerry Seinfeld's like I'm out nope not not me this is not you're not gonna get me here and and he was like you probably he says to Seinfeld mm-hmm. you probably don't even say that word privately and he's like I say it privately and he and then he points at Ricky Gervais and he's like I know this guy says it privately too and Ricky Gervais and Louis CK are just laughing because it's like yeah we say nigger you know um and that's part of their comfort with each other as people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then social media sees that clip and sees Chris Rock there laughing with them. And it's like, hey, what the fuck? Like, why are you laughing with them? This joke is at your expense. You're, you're the nigger <laughs> here. And they're also admitting like, oh, we use this privately, yeah. which I think it completely take the power away from anyone black being there you know what i mean like because it's like yo i use a slur to refer to you right and anyone who might fit in that category um so you know i, I think people were already sour <laughs> on louis ck and and so it's like
1: and chris has uh, had some chris has had some dings and tarnishment too recently
0: he, he definitely has um, but I think, I think what's, I think what's maybe missing, there's, there are a couple things that are missing right now. One is a generational piece. Um, and I think a generational piece or somebody who's like a generational bridge, for instance, is like a Dick Gregory. Um, cause I think if a Dick Gregory were in that room, I think Chris, Chris Rock behaves differently. You know what I mean? I think. Louis C.K. behaves differently mm-hmm. if there's a Dick Gregory in that room because he's he's yeah. someone who who has done generations. But
1: that's, we don't actually. I don't think that helps. Actually, mm. I don't. I think I think that we don't see this. I uh, think respect makes them act. Louis can't get in that mindset. It's not that he wouldn't, but he can't get in that mindset when Dick is there because you just his framing is going to be towards. Dick's presence, and he's not—he doesn't want to say "nigger" in front of Dick Gregory, so he's not going to set himself up to go there. Um, And with Chris, he's being okay. You know, uh, this is this one is so. I watched that video like two years ago. I watched that whole thing like two years ago because I'm obsessed with comedy and that's not, I can't remember exactly so I'm not going to cap for anybody I'm definitely not capping for Louie, but I think that it's not like the concept of the word nigger comes up before he says it there yeah and I think it's Chris who's talking about it, but, but what is that who cares, whatever, right but it's not like he's I don't remember it as him coming out his face out the out the clear blue and just going, "Hey, you said drink, cursing, and ignorant, and I'm assigning that nigger. Like I'm not the one who's assigning that. It's it's come up before, but but again, I can't say that I. I but <laughs> when he says that, it I didn't. I didn't. It. I see it differently than people who just saw that video.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. I see. I see it differently because Ricky Gervais's laughing is not just at the shock value of the fact that they're talking about nigger. It's like a comedy show, and that that this is the peak. He has been he's been cackling laugh he's been laughing at them because they're the real professionals and he's not on their level of stand-up. So he's been he's just been at the show watching them this whole time get more hype hyper and hyper do more and more risky stuff throughout. And so he's just been loving it. And this is the oh my god, we're going here, we're doing this now, oh my god, you know, like he's just beside himself in giddy. Uh, frivolous, uh, just you know, whatever. I don't, I don't have a better word. But anyway, now Seinfeld at that point, of course, is like you. If the way I'm watching it, the way I'm seeing it, Seinfeld's first reaction is to laugh. Like, okay, I see what you two are doing here, because Louie is going a whole different conversation. This is this is. I'm I'm jumping around yeah. here. But, OK, this is, who can say nigger, Drew? Who's allowed to say nigger? Who's allowed?
0: You know. I'm asking,
1: I'm really asking you that question.
0: Yeah, I, I, and it's a great question. Um, because I told you my, my experience in South Carolina with the white boys, when niggers was niggers. And they was like, they don't have this whole, they was like, yo, we niggas, you niggas. And it was like some redneck white boys. And they was like, nah, we niggas, you niggas, everybody niggas. So there's that application of the word. And so because I understand the application of the word can distill and rearrange its meaning, I would say that everyone can say nigger. Now, now, okay. There. When I say can, can is the is the tough part of this interpretation, because because mm-hmm. can is power, right? The ability to do something can do it. Um, and what we've always been trying to do, and when I say we, I mean people of color, what we've always been trying to do with these words that are like slurs, or just even oppressed or marginalized people, what we've always been trying to do with these words, which is words like bitch and faggot and nigger, the groups who are most affected by those words have always historically reclaimed those words. And they remix those words. And the intent of that reclaiming and remixing is to take back some of that power, take back the can. Well, I can say it in this way. I can give this shit flavor that you didn't even want it to have, and I can do that, right? So they, you can reclaim the power.
1: How, how, do, how do I do that? I think... I'm not, I'm, I'm not even going to phrase it as this question again. For me, what, what stands out about what you're saying is the way I do that is by changing its meaning. Yes. The word is just the word. The word doesn't have, the word actually doesn't have power. Now it does, of course it does, but the power is always attached to the meaning. And I can change the meaning of a word and therefore I can change its power.
0: Yes, 100%. Now, the can in this particular situation is, that we're asking about is, can Louis C.K. assign drunk ignorant, wild, to the word nigger, and it still be funny, I'm doubtful of that. Okay. Um.
1: So I'm going to step back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back yeah. again. My answer to that question is that there's two answers. The first answer is black people.
0: Yeah.
1: The first answer is the simple answer. That's who can say nigger. Black people can say nigger. Can, right? But then the other side of it is what you said. Anyone can but that's not anyone can say nigger. And the reason I say that that is because can you say nigger to your grandmother, Drew?
0: Oh hell no. I I mean I mean it's I wouldn't because it would be disrespectful in the context of who I was talking to. Now if if she were to say it. Then I would I'd be a little shocked, but I'd be like, oh, so we say a nigga now? Like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, niggas is wild. Like, and I've been around my my black folk elders who I, I didn't even venture to try to say the word unless they were firing one off before. Like, they had to fire it off. You know what I mean? Where right. I wasn't going to be jumping in like, hey, niggas is out here because that's not what the relationship was, in terms of my respect to the work.
1: So, what you, that's about consent. Anybody, any two consenting people can say it. That's the, that's the reality. If two white girls is in their cars singing Kendrick Lamar and they throwing every nigga in, what can I do about that? Wow. I can, I can imaginarily not like it from outside but in the reality, if they consent to using it between each other, then they can use it. Wow. All that actually exists is a relationship between the people and if your use of the word communicates to me that you don't respect me, then you don't have consent. This is about consent, it's not about the word, it's about... I go, I still run by the old school rule, which is can you say, anybody can say nigger and I can punch you in the face. Yeah, yeah. I can. Yeah. No, I can't. Legally, I can't. Legally, you can say nigger and I can't punch you in the face. But I don't know that I'm going to care in any given moment. That's the truth. Uh-huh. The truth is if I feel like it's the right thing to do I might punch you in your face for saying it, because that's what got white people to stop saying it. The first. I grew up in the '90s. White people didn't stop saying "nigger" because of uh, political correctness. They got they stopped saying it because when integration got to the point where it was a balance in schools, you might get fucked up if you said it. That's why. That's what changed. So it's about consent and power, fundamentally, not in this, like, you know, mental, psychological way. Psychological is different, but, like, real, physical, in-the-world in power is what decides whether you can say it. And because we've lost so much, uh, I'm, I'm not even going to say we lost anything. I don't, I don't know that that's the case, but I know that I don't, it's tough for me. To watch Tila Tequila get on her on her Instagram stream and throw niggas around. Because I can't do anything about it. But I don't consent to it. Yeah. So yes. the game is, the, the, the lines of consent are real confusing now. Because Louie, what happened there is Chris, Chris has a moment of pause. And he has a moment of pause because he's like, damn. Because I do consent to you saying it. The truth is, I think you you are mad niggerish. You might be more niggerish than me. That's what Chris is saying. Yeah, He's like, your behavior is wild niggerish. Now, I didn't consent to you saying it while we're going to be on something that's going to be on HBO. Yeah, but damn.
0: that's the thing. Damn. That's why it's like the grandmother analogy, because it's a mixed company now. Yeah. Like, now you're saying it in mixed company. And, like, just like, I think I like the, I, I really appreciate the consent word being brought into this because it's like just like no means no nigger means nigger like you don't you don't get to change the fact that it comes with a lot of this weight just because there might be consent between us too just because you you've consented to to be fucked by a partner doesn't mean you've consented to be fucked by every partner like like nigga like I, i i chose to fuck this person you, that's, that doesn't mean that I'm trying to fuck everybody out here like, and that is, that's why it's really important for us to examine how the relationship of consent works in comedy because it's not comedy without an audience right, like, and when you shift your mm-hmm. audience, what Louis did is he shifted his audience, he said alright, these people who I was talking to, I'm not talking to y'all no more because you don't consent to something that I did, or what I'm about, or my character. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna pivot to these people, who will consent mm-hmm. to whatever it is that I do. You put
1: on a MAGA hat. You put
0: on a MAGA hat, and okay. Which brings me to my next contestant. <laughs> knock, knock me over with a swastika. Because everybody's doing this shit now. Everybody's, everybody's trying to fucking Throw hate speech around because they're like, "Oh, this is what moves things in this generation." I, I'm gonna throw hate speech around them, and so Kanye. We're gonna do we're gonna do the Kanye, and we're gonna finish up finish off with Tiffany Haddish because we talked about all three of these people. So, Kanye, in recent times, has tweeted. Triple down, not even double down, tripled down on Trump and said, wow. you know, went as far as to be like, yo, 2024, like he's running or whatever. Um, I think he needs to worry about living for the next year and not start projecting five years into the future. Um, that's neither here nor there, though. But he said specifically... 90% of blacks vote in Democratic. That sounds like control to me. They're controlling the black population by by making our vote, quote unquote, like monolithic, right? Like making it so that, oh, you yeah, can
1: yeah,
0: get pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, okay, so let's ignore the fact that one political party, both do, but one political party explicitly has based its modern campaign. On fuck black people like Willie Horton letter like wi- like not Willie. Not Will well, this nigga go make
1: some beats, please? God damn, go make some motherfucking beats, nigga. Shut
0: up. Can he just can he just put out Tiana's album again? Because it was fire, and and this is the kind of shit that overshadows a fire ass album. Um, because he's unable to deal with her female energy. I don't know. So.
1: I did, I just did, I just did the, the owners, the owners, hey, hey nigga, go bounce the ball. I don't want to do that, but, god damn, this nigga be saying too much. You just say too much and no too much. Nah, but you know
0: what, you know why it's not the owners shit? Because we him in this equation, we are the proletariat, my nigga, like, he was specifically rapping for the fucking proletariat before, and now he is switching course for the purpose of gaining more power, it's a power grab, right? Because that's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about power, the power of words, but also how certain power translates when you use certain words and certain messages. And he he's decided the message that he wants to ride with is MAGA hat, build a wall, Christian, male. Like, he's, he thinks that's a bigger grab for him. And so... This, it,
1: Go ahead. No, it, if you have it's, to the say the main
0: thing I have to say about that is it's such an absurd premise to say that black folks are voting for a political party because we are being controlled by by another. It's it's actually that. We don't have any real control or power in either party and in America we have very li- mm-hmm. limited control but to infantilize black people by saying like oh you basically you niggas just making an emotional decision and you it's like you it, you on the blue team and you don't want to go with the red team and it's and it's not that at all it's that the red team is saying I will kill you. I think you're the source of all my problems. You should be killed, no matter who did it. We have to kill this one. And the blue team is like... And the blue team is saying we don't really care that much that they feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's such a disingenuous play on his part. I think... Um, I think he's going to ultimately regret what this part of his legacy looks like um, but I also know that he roundly rejects information like he's just like no I I, I feel the thing and it's, that makes it real and I get why
1: which, which makes Donald Trump a great mentor for him a great mentor
0: <laughs> exactly Exactly. And I get why. I get why. We've talked about like feeling versus thinking, and why we are in a feelings era, it's and a how that has—it's—it's a, it's a vibe, but it's—it's it's assigned power along the lines of what people feel instead of what people mm-hmm. think or can think. Now, the reason why this is important as we transition into the the last I think
1: topic- is saying. Ayo, hey, yo y'all' all y'all crabs in this pot right here is cowards for staying in this pot. Hop in this fire real quick. Hop out this pot and <laughs> in that fire real quick.
0: Cowards. Coward cowards is crab in a barrel. I'm it, In addition, he's like, yo, I'm in the fire. How it look? How I look. I'm shining. I'm shining. <laughs> they got my on fire too. Right? I'm on fire, right? You see how these tweets is blowing up? It's like, yeah, you're yes, yes. you're on fire. <laughs> like, you, you absolutely are. You are hot right now. You're you're very hot. Right yeah, we, we're 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 boiling, and you're on the brink of death. It's um,
1: disingenuous. I just so, I, I know yeah. it's It's it. What's disingenuous is to tell people to leave something that they're in when in politics isn't. There's not. Uh, two thousand parties. If there was two thousand parties, the fact that we were stuck in ninety percent of Black people being in, being Democrats would that would be anomalous. Oh, that is weird. But when there's only two options, essentially, it, really, if you're playing the actual game, then telling people to leave the slightly safer like so. Yeah, you know, I, I hear this from all, on the other end. I hear this from super like you know five percenter or you know. Like yeah, nah, no, we would. Y'all need to see the reality. Y'all need. I want to know. Do I like the? I hear the I've, or I seen the question. Do I like uh, my racism behind my back? My racism behind my back or in my face? And the honest answer for me is, one, I don't like choosing between racisms. Right, and that's that's the situation that we're in. Where we're choosing between. That's not a good situation. It doesn't make you like more of a baller if you choose the racism in your Like, what what victory is that? You know what I mean? Like, you see how real I am? Like, so what? You're still in the shit. We're both, what's way more important is that we're both in a situation where we're cho- choosing between racists. Like, shitting on me for wanting mine behind my back is, like, what purpose does that serve? Great. It makes you braver than me. Awesome. That's awesome. What are you doing with that braveness Like, can we get back to the actual subject that matters then? um because the choice the truth is every now and then I like it behind my back because I know that that means that you know enough that you can't it's about privilege again it's about the fact that you feel privileged enough to be racist in my face means you feel no pressure you feel no pressure by from my entire my people's entire existence on this continent being brought here uh Whatever fake freedom, freedom and civil rights and black, all of that, all of the push that people, pe- the people who I come from that have made to like exist as something as people here on this, you still feel totally one hundred percent comfortable to go, nah, you know the way things originally were, where you were property here and fuck you, and I'll say that right to your face, you're not a person, like. That, that's just too privileged for me. No, I'm not going. I don't see that as preferable. Yeah, I like you pretending. The, the fact that you think you have to do a curtsy and bow and all that shit publicly while then you get in your car and call me in there, I'll, sometimes I'll take it. I'll take that you have to do the performance because it gives me a little bit of emotional space to do the work I really need to do. If I'm always actually running for you, if I feel like you're actually a dog barking on my neck, that doesn't that doesn't help me. It may help other people, but it doesn't help me come up with a plan to get away from you. Because I know in either situation, whether you're being racist in my face, behind my back, I need to get the fuck away from you.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. And I think um, the kind of push that we've had among people of color, people who have been you know, excluded from this white man monopoly game, the kind of push that we've, we've, we've earned some safety, some. And, and it's, it's never going to be um, less than murderous if we don't keep pushing for more safety and, and security. Now, some of that security will be availed. That's a hundred, hundred percent true. Some of that security will be a mask for other things that were very, that are very harmful, but it is different than having a dog on your neck. It is different, and I think. Um, but here's the transition, right? Because we were talking about on an earlier episode, Cat Williams v. Tiffany Haddish, in terms of Cat kind of dragging Tiffany. Um, and it was, it was not even low-key misogynist. It was misogynist that he was going at her love life and her sex choices in order to drag her as a comedian who couldn't perform an hour-long special. Right? Like, those two things don't align. Those two things aren't don't have to do with each other. But he used, one, her sexual agency and her body and her person to attack the other. He, he was basically like... I'm gonna just hit, hit you with this low blow in order to make this point about how you don't do hour-long stand-up Well, right via, and, via race,
1: which is real even more cute She's yeah, exactly.
0: right Okay. Right and, and, and also just like, you know, patently inaccurate I think he was saying that she had a child by white men all kinds of like inaccurate shit, too um which is why when you see when you see the, 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 the effect of a stereotype, like that that to the earlier point we were making, the effect of a stereotype generally in the world is I think great. It is greater than your little fucking joke. You wanna be out here with your little friends telling you jokes. Like that's that's what it see, it feels like to me. It's like you, you telling your little jokes when the actual effect is this tsunami. Against the people who it, it lands on. So, um, the, the, the point about the Cat Williams shit is look, the nigga was right. He was right on the fundamental point of her not being great at hour long stand up specials and her not having those particular chops, right? And this weekend, she was in Miami. She basically forgot her set. Um, a lot of people, because again, it's a social media era. And you can't you can't really work material, at least not with a big crowd. You can't work material nah. in front of a big crowd. No, well, if I paid you better, it's just need your
1: shit together, dogs.
0: You gotta have your shit together. She was, you know, reportedly a little a little loosey, a little saucy. Um, and she's she admitted it as much. And then here's the thing that on a comedy level, since since this has been a great episode about comedy analysis, on a comedy level, I just need you to be able to riff. Like, I need you to be able to freestyle and to heckle niggas and to, uh, like, get at people and give me a show.
1: Damn, I'll take a DL, and DL. She didn't DL. Need DL. at that DL. point. DL. Yeah. Hit me with some DLs. Yeah. I go at it's... every little, like, and it don't even, like, DL, like 70% of his go-ats used to not land. They would not be great, but he would still be, he just, well, he's a swinger. I'm going to stay in there and I'm going to swing. Yeah. And then when he take. Every now and then, he would tag somebody good enough for you to go, he's funny. All right, he's funny.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think what gets lost when you start attacking people with stereotypes and ad hominem shit is, like, when you have a a valid point. Like, if you have a valid point about someone, make that fucking valid point about Monique, Cat Williams. Like, make the valid point about Monique being meritable enough as a stand-up performer to secure a bag don't make the stereotype or the dynamic of a black woman versus another black woman the center of your point when the point you're trying to make is about somebody's merits don't make like if louis ck wants to make a point about being wild and loose like even in that particular scenario before all this shit happened talk about yourself being wild and loose bro you was jerking off your dick in front of people like that's (laughs) Like I don't. Why you gotta bring me into it? Like I'm. I'm a nigga now Come on, let's be real. Because, because you're wild. Because you're wild, I'm a nigger now. <laughs> like that's that's what it does. It, it points that shit outward, and I'm like, yo, there's a lot of material if you point inward. Actually, like yeah. if you point it yourself, there's a whole lot of material to fuck with right there.
1: It's hard though, and man. It, and that it not is to, hard. Not to and not to you know like it is hard. Give start it, handing out bail money and shit. But it's because that's it. that's what that's what it comes down to at the end. There's that yeah. moment of fear, of fear, of real, actual fear. And even for these people who we think, you know, like this, with comedy, comedy is us believing that these people can overcome their fear. And it's like, yeah, except for the time you don't. You either you either go in, and by going in, you come out of yourself with real force or you go out and because you go out it's because you and the reason you go out is because you don't feel like you have the power to go in in that moment you have to you have to like basically hide You're. it's like a it's like a peak you, you create a fake version of yourself for a moment that we have to watch that performance until you can go away and like deal with that wound whatever the wound pain trauma that's actually there that you're scared of you either really are, you're either too scared or you're not. And that's We're all dealing with that.
0: And and uh, Kanye went in to himself and decided he was a white Christian evangelical male. He decided, he went in and he was like, I'm Jerry Falwell. And that's
1: the problem. That, and that's exact, it's like, don't do this. We may even need a cup or whatever. I'm gonna just say, Because I'm not into the fucking apologetics. But it's, I get, that's why I say he says too much and knows too little. Because I'm not in the camp of people who thinks he's saying nothing. I just think he doesn't, you can't say the shit you're saying without the information. You do not, you're not finishing your fucking homework. But then you're, you're showing us all your A's. And then people are going, yeah, but like, hold on, you didn't. How did you get an A? You didn't. You didn't do your homework, and you're just like, yeah, I'm just good at I'm just good on Photoshop. Like, you're making it look. You're you're showing us the thing, but you're not. Where's your bibliography? Where's any of the work to support the idea that you're offering? The I the prospect that black people are um, myopically or monolithically voting Democrat isn't invalid it's not an invalid point right and that democrats are they what they don't focus on the issues that are primarily important to black voters after being elected by black voters there's not there's a history of that and then there's also beyond that a history of even some of the worst kind of institutional racism being yep. instituted by democratic hundred constituents. Hundred. So that's, that is that is a valid idea, great, that we need to hold the Democratic Party accountable and the way we do that is by letting them know that our vote isn't a guarantee. But what, but the way more, if you're going to make that point, then you need to do the emotional homework, especially for people who don't, don't get to, st- just to step out of the the uh, the democratic party into you know not needing to vote and you know nobody needs to vote but there's a there's an effect the effect of not voting of democrats not being in power is relatively minimal the more money you have the effect of politics at all becomes minimized the more money you have right, right. so if you're going to tell black people not to vote democratic, then you are thinking about what options there really are for them to vote that keep power for people who do who are going to be affected by politics. They are going whether they vote or not, they're going to be affected by it. They're going to either get or lose health care based on it. They're going to have access to safe abortions and safe uh just uh uh, what is it uh, reproductive health care based on it like those are very real, real concerns for the people who your message is focused on you're choosing you're, you said black so you're focusing on you chose to talk about us right you could just go and be off in the white space and all that but if you're going to say we should do something different what are the options what are you offering? Independence, not a real option. In very few places is that a real option. And it's definitely not a presidential option, right? It's not even a, usually a gubernatorial option. It's not a, that's small offices, which can be important. It's important that sometimes people do the homework on that and there, di- but like, okay, where is the rest of that? Where's the rest of what makes this a meaningful statement? besides it just making you hot, besides you being the crab in the fire, like, yo, look at I'm a free thinker, baby.
0: And he won't ever get to that point of maturity. And on that note, it's been a real ass episode. It's been this 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 was this was chock full. Um I also like us talking about comedy. Like that's like a, yeah. a very rich area. Um, yeah. And it it seems to kind of keep coming up, especially with what we're doing here. Um, so everybody, thank you. I'm Drew Brees.
1: I'm Anwar. Anwar is, is Boamix. B W A M E E K S on the Twitter. Hit me up.
0: Hit him up. And uh, we will be back with another brand spanking new episode in a week. Thank you. Shout out to Chris Cragg and all the fams. Um, and we will give you all the options on how to subscribe and check and rate and review us on the podcast. Thanks so much, everybody. Peace. Peace.